What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. If you're ready to unleash your marketing potential and crush your small business goals, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Miranda Rodriguez. Over the past four and a half years, I've helped hundreds of small business owners achieve big dreams with small strategic marketing steps. When I say big dreams, I'm talking quitting that part-time job, five times in your income, or opening your first brick and mortar. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to market your business with laugh out loud personal stories, real life client examples and the occasional f-bomb because let's be honest marketing your small business is so much more than just a marketing problem grab your earbuds and let me show you how marketing your business can be simple doable and fun you're listening to episode 145 of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. And today I'm bringing you another special client interview. This is Anna's first time being on the podcast. Anna Helene is the owner and trainer at Glenwood Farm, and she's a lifelong equestrian. Glenwood Farm is a boutique hunter jumper program with a modern and individualized approach to training, equine management, and horse sales. Anna also splits her time between Illinois and Florida. So the month of May, this month when you hear this podcast, she will be back in Illinois. And for those interested, you can follow along at Glenwood Farm on Instagram or visit her website at www.glenwoodfarm.us. So what I really love about this conversation that you're about to hear is that Anna is not yet two years into business. So a lot of times when I work with clients, they come to me around the three-year point. They have checked pretty much all of the beginner boxes of starting a business. They've had sales, they've had growth, they have a small community. And so that's what makes this conversation so special is because Anna came to me before she had even celebrated her one-year anniversary. So just now, she's starting to see traction in her business. She's really finding her voice in her industry. She's really getting comfortable putting herself out there consistently. And she's tapped into her target audience, and she's starting to see really the fruits of her marketing efforts until this point. And it's it's such a sweet spot to be in when all those pieces start clicking together. And I think for regardless of whether or not you're in the equine industry or regardless of where you're at on your own small business journey, I think this episode is great for everyone because it's it lets you all know that you're not alone. And I think what's important to point out is that although Anna's in the first couple of years of business, so much of what she struggles with is what we all struggle with at new levels of growth in our business, right? We have insecurities. We struggle with sometimes with consistency and general life happening. We all struggle with unsolicited business advice, the opinions and judgments of others, maybe within our industry or from our family or friends. And so this episode is just just a good reminder that you are not alone and so much of what you're dealing with in business is what everyone else is dealing with and just not everyone talks about it. And so if you're feeling alone, um, you definitely want to check out this episode and then reach out to me and you can schedule a consultation and we can talk more about that. Without further ado, here's Anna Helene. Welcome to the podcast, Anna. I'm so happy to have you. Um, So for everyone listening, Anna and I have worked together. How long have we worked together? over a year almost two years I think two years yeah I think so um so Anna I'll let you introduce yourself but first I just want to say welcome to the marketing for the uninhibited podcast oh thank you so much for having me um yeah I'm Anna Helene I am a professional equestrian and I run my own business Glenwood Farm um which is a hunter jumper training business 
Um, we're a small business. We focus on really individualized training for the horses and their riders, and then like really comprehensive and proactive management for the equine athletes as well. Yes. And you spend half your time in Florida. So you're currently in Florida, but then the other six months you're in Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. So we're leaving Florida on Sunday. Um, gosh already yeah it's flown by and then we're in illinois the other seven months of the year wow i can't believe it's already flown by like the season is done i can't believe it yeah it's crazy (laughs) okay so one thing i think a good place for us to start our conversation today and something that you and i have talked about quite a bit is how to overcome your own feelings, but then also like the judgment and the feelings of others when you start a business before you're like ready. I think I struggled with that a lot because I definitely didn't anticipate starting my own business at 27, 28. Um, And I had a lot of people tell me, you know, you're too young or you don't have enough experience or yada, yada, yada. Um, But I think it's just like at some point you kind of have to just say, well, like, I'm never going to get enough experience if I don't start somewhere. Um, And that's something that you really helped me with for sure. Is just that like everyone starts somewhere Mm -hmm. and everyone's journey is different. And I think that once I came to that realization, um, I stopped overanalyzing everything and kind of just started doing my own thing. So the pieces kind of fell together. Yeah, totally. I mean, and so one thing we were talking about um, on another episode is like the, the peace that you get when you just accept where you are, like, and you stop comparing yourself to others and um, whether that's others in your industry or like other business owners who are, you know, more successful or whatever you deem to be more successful. So um, before we get into that though, what made you start your own business? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, You know, I've worked with horses pretty much my whole life. Like my first job in high school was teaching up down lessons and working at the barn. Um, I worked at a barn all through college and I always, I loved where I worked, but I saw stuff that I wanted to do differently. And I, um, my, you know, my parents obviously went through a lot of the process with me when I was a kid and they were helping, you know, me get my foot in the door with the sport. And my dad is, comes from a, a business background. And so, you know, we always, our dinner conversations were like, here's what the horse industry is. Here's what's going on. Here's what's good. Here's what's bad. Here's what, like my dad would say as a businessman, this is what frustrates me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of wanted to create what I couldn't find as a kid um, and a young adult, just um, a business that's run like a business that has, you know, proper protocols, proper procedure, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, But then is, you know, training at the highest level as well. And I couldn't find that. So I wanted to make it. That's amazing. And so much of the work we have done is, and work I do with other clients too, is like really, I mean, proper protocols and like documenting your processes, having your your paperwork in place with clients so that expectations are clear on both sides. So we, something else we've talked about too, is like the difference between running a business and running or having a hobby, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that comes up with people because like, as we analyze your numbers and understand like the profit margins and how much money you're actually making, then there's a bigger conversation there that opens up about pricing. So as you, I mean, how do you ensure or how do you differentiate between like the fact that you are running a business compared to those in the industry? Because in your industry, I would imagine a lot of people do do it for a hobby, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think so many people 
I'm sure this is true with other small business owners too, but I think so many people feel so grateful to be able to work with horses. And I do too. Like I absolutely love my job, but I think especially the generation before me is like, well, that's payment enough. Like I get to do what I love. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's great. But that also doesn't pay your bills, bills yeah. you know? And at some point it gets really frustrating when you're always, you know, worried about money and stuff like that. So I think the more you can treat this like a business and this is how I make a living um, and come at it from that mindset, I think that helps you stay fresh. You know, I think that, yes, it's, it's my source of income. It's something that I love as well, but yeah, I think that's how you don't get burnt out. They, and I think it helps your customers too, because then when you're clear about your, when you have clear boundaries and clear expectations and it's like documented and there's a level of professionalism there, but more importantly, it sets the client up so they know what to expect from you and yeah. they understand the the dynamic like between the they understand the client um, relationship. Yeah, for sure. I think that's really helpful. And I think, um, yeah, it's just healthier, right? Like it's a healthier way to live and to conduct your business and just live your life in general. Yeah. I mean, and I know something we talked about is like the... So how do you navigate being in being a part of the younger generation in your industry who's a new business owner? And I know because I've worked with a lot, not a lot, but a handful of clients who are also doing this where there's like, uh, I feel like there's like a coming of age happening in the equine industry where there's like a, a bunch of women owned businesses who are actually running businesses. Like you're yeah. there to establish a business and you're changing the way the industry is doing things. Um, So how has that been received? And like, how have you navigated other people's judgment? You know, I think there's a lot of people that are super supportive, right? And then there's some of the older generation that's like, well, you know, there's just no good horsemen left. There's just none of you young kids are ever gonna, you know. And finally, I, I said to someone the other day, I was like, you know what is also true is that you're going to die before I do like, sorry to be super blunt, but like, do we want the horse industry to continue or not? Because like, if we do, we need, you guys need to get with the program and maybe come around the younger generation and support us in starting our own business instead of constantly telling us that, you know, we're not good enough. Um, But I think you also just have to, that has to come internally too. Right. Because there's always going to be someone who's like, wow, you know, you did this, this and this wrong and you don't have enough experience to do this and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, I mean, I feel like so the, the industry that's coming to mind right now is so funny because it couldn't be more opposite of the equine industry. But it's like the rap industry, because you hear all the time, like there's the older generation of rappers and some of them embrace the younger generation and they collaborate and they promote together and they support each other. But then there's like a definite segment of that older population that like snubs the younger generation and they yeah. judge, they judge the way they're doing things. They judge the music they make, the, you know, they just judge all of it. And it's not helpful for anyone like that to, to not be collaborative within your industry, whether we're talking about like different generations within the, the industry or just like amongst your competitors it's, it's not, it doesn't benefit anyone. No, it doesn't benefit anyone. And it doesn't help the industry to like, keep going generation after generation, you know, like we want to pass down knowledge from generation to generation, not withhold it because we don't, you know, we're worried about the younger generation taking over at some point. Right. You want the industry to keep going. And if like you're doing, everyone's doing it for the love of 
in your case, the horses and the love of the industry and the sport as a competitive sport, then you have to embrace the people that are coming up. And you have like, I think if each generation can learn something from each other, right? Like there's, there's always something to be learned from the generation that did it before, but there's always something to be learned from the fresh eyes that are coming in and the ones that are, are changing the perspective. So what is one, or I mean anything, but because I, I know your business, but the people listening don't know how your business differs than compared to some of the other ones that have been around a little bit longer? Like, what are you doing differently in your industry? Yeah. I mean, I think um, we come at it from a really customer service oriented mindset, you know, for the clients where this, this is a, you know, it's, it's a luxury sport and it's um, something that clients are spending, you know, their disposable income on. And so I think a lot of times trainers can view clients almost like as the, like, the means to the end to like have the horses in their barn, you know, but for me, it's like, these people are entrusting me with their animals and are entrusting me with a good portion of like their free time. And so I want this to be a super positive experience, both in the riding ring and then also just in their daily interactions with me and with my staff. Um, So I think that's something that we place like a conscious priority on. And then as far as the horses, we're just, um, I try to keep my numbers small enough that we can really do what each horse needs individually to succeed. You know, some are bigger barns don't have that luxury where, you know, there's 50 horses in the barn and they kind of have to go with the program or, or, you know, it's just there's too many horses otherwise. But we try and kind of really look at how this horse needs to be prepped best for the horse show, what this horse needs to eat, what routine works best for that horse and then, you know, meet it in the middle somehow. And I do feel like your, um, your approach is like all encompassing where you're, you're kind of looking at the big picture of the horse and the rider and like both of their health and how, how they need to perform what's expected of them. And then what that means as far as like nutrition and care goes. And I do feel like that this, that's the change that I hear from clients in this industry that they're doing things differently. Like it's a more it's kind of like a more customized approach. Like I know you're the care you provide and the training you provide is very customized. Like you get to know the horses and you get to know the riders and then you determine the best plan of care for them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's helpful for both horse and rider. Yeah. So as you, so as you've navigated someone who started their own business at a young age, your dad is in business. Like how has that, I mean, because I feel like, and I started, well, let's see, I started my business when, right before I turned 30, so like 29, but I feel like starting your own business is the the deepest, like most vulnerable thing you can do in terms of self-exploration, because it's going to expose all of your faults and all of your, your insecurities. And sometimes it exposes them on like what feels like a public stage, like if you're sharing on social media or you're getting vulnerable in email. So how do you think starting your own business at the age that you did has challenged you? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm like, I'm type A overthinker, you know, like always want everything to be perfect or want to know everything before I jump in. And I think kind of it's forced me just to like, okay, a lot of stuff is calculated still. And there's a lot of thought put behind stuff. Um, but I think at some point, like you just have to do it, like whether it be, um, 
starting your own business or for me, when I started my business, I hadn't been riding as much. Um, I'd had some health issues going on and had taken a little bit of time off and I hadn't been in the show ring as much. So like I started my business and then I went in the show ring with, you know, a couple of horses and it was like, I was rusty, you know, I was rusty. I hadn't been doing that as much or I'd been competing at a lower level. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, like everyone's watching me. Well, one, no one's watching me. Like it doesn't really matter, you know, but two, like you just have to do it. Like the only way you get better at running a business, the only way you get better at riding, the only way you get better at teaching, all that stuff is just by doing it. So I think it's forced me to maybe overanalyze less. Yeah, to let go of that perfectionism piece. That's something that yeah. talked a lot, a lot about. And I think the the important thing there too is just just show up. Like that's half yes. the battle is to just show up for it. Like um, I had a client recently, and she was saying it's a couple of things had failed and they hadn't gone to plan, you know. And she she was so let down by that. And I just thought like, this is a decision time for you. Like if yeah. each one of these failures is going to be so earth shattering, then you have to decide if you really want to pursue this business, because that's how business is. Like there's going right. to be letdowns, there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be failed launches. And a lot of it comes down to just how, how quickly, not how quickly, but how you handle it and how you process it and whether because in the beginning, especially where it can take time to like shake that off, I guess, I don't know. I've never fallen off a horse, but I would imagine like you have to get back on the horse at some point if you want to continue your, your career, you know, yeah. so, have you ever fallen? Oh yeah. A, tons of times. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So like, how do you overcome that? I, that's like a really scary thing to think about, like actually falling off a horse and then having to do just get back on as long as you're not injured. Yeah. I mean, my rule for myself and then my rule for my riders is if you're not hurt, then you get right back on the horse, like not the next day, not next week, right back on, you know, and we may make the exercise simpler for the horse and rider to get their confidence back for a second. But um, I think mentally and physically, it's so important just to get right back on before you have time to overthink, before you have time to, you know, rehash it 10 million times in your brain. Um Yes. That's a good analogy for life too. <laughs> and for business, because yeah. if you if you let yourself overthink a failure in your business too much, you will make it mean something it doesn't mean. Like you will give it so much more weight and time and energy than is necessary for you to be able to move on from it. And I think it's almost like we think we have to beat ourselves up in those moments. Like we have to shame ourselves for not doing better, for not having thought through a certain scenario um, or maybe the messaging, you know, like we, we tend to pick it apart, but really we can just say like, okay, what did I learn here? And what am I going to change moving forward? You know, like you said, tweaking it so that the horse and the rider get their confidence back. Like how, how can we do that in a business sense? Um, And that's really all it is, is like, is taking action and then tweaking it. If you didn't get the results that you wanted. Yeah. A a mentor of mine always, I think he has such a good approach when he's teaching. He always says, okay, mistakes are information. Like don't overthink a mistake or don't, you know, get all in your head about it. Use that as information for the next time. So I think it's the same in business, you know, like, okay, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. That's information for what I need to do the next time. Um, And I think when you think about stuff like that, then that's like, that's the hugest breakthrough. 
Hey, I'm interrupting real quick to share something exciting with you. If you've been wanting to work with me, now's your chance. To celebrate the relaunch of the podcast, for a limited time only, I'm giving you 50% off my Marketing Unlocked offer. In this two-hour, one-on-one marketing intensive, we'll strategize, organize, and prioritize all the things you have swirling around in your business brain. If you're looking to jumpstart your marketing, pivot your offers, or level up your income, then this offer is for you. Use the link in the show notes or visit marketinguninhibited.com and use code PODCAST50 for 50% off the Marketing Unlocked offer for a limited time only. Totally. But it, it definitely, I think it's easier said than done because when it happens in the moment, especially the first few times, you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It's a little hard to let this go right now, especially when you feel like you have eyes on you or like, I used to get so uncomfortable when my family would ask me about the business in the beginning, or they would say like, how many clients do you have now? And, um, or like my father-in-law, he has a business background. He's retired from actually corporate marketing and sales. And so it's just so different. Like the, the number of clients that I interact with and the type of work that I do is so vastly different than anything he ever did in his career that I feel for a long time, I felt inferior, like talking about my business to him, like it wasn't successful or something. And it's just, it is, it's just different. Yeah. No, it's hard for family members to wrap their head around what I do too. And it's the same. How many clients do you have? How many horses have you sold? You know, yada, yada, yada. And it's hard for people, I think, to wrap their head around something that's not just like consistent every year. Like the horse industry is kind of like this, you know, (laughs) and you have to plan accordingly, but that's a lot of small businesses. Yeah, the um, I w- talked with a couple clients earlier, and they're in the retail industry. And so we were talking about how 2021 was hard for retailers, just mm-hmm. because people were traveling more, they were spending money, you know, they were taking more vacations, spending money outside of the house. Whereas like 2020, when everyone was stuck at home and in their local communities, I think small businesses did really well. So it's kind of this this leap year, this weird year where things did so well because people were so supportive. And in the early days of the pandemic and then 2021, kind of like the pendulum swung the other way. Yeah. Like people were so excited to get out that they, yeah. <laughs> they went everywhere, but their local businesses. Right. They were just yeah. out and about. And I, you know, and that's part of running any business it's, and why it's so important. I think for people to track their numbers is just to understand like the rhythms of your own industry, but also your, your own business. And then yourself as a business owner, like, there, I do not ever plan on creating or launching anything new in January because I need, I'm like emotionally hungover from the holidays with all yeah. the we have to see. <laughs> and then, you know, and then I, it's like cold. We're in Illinois. I mean, by then you're in Florida, so you don't have to deal with the same like cold winter snowstorm weather, but it's just depressing. And so I know that January for me is just not a creation time. And there was a long time where I put a lot of pressure on myself to show up or to like force things in January. And it just, it doesn't make sense. It's just not a natural time for me to create. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the beauty too, of being, being your own bosses. You can go, you know what, that doesn't work for me, but here I can put my energy into something, you know, give 110% when it does work. Yes. Uh, or when it's a better time. Right. So can you talk a little bit more? I mean, we've talked about how, I mean, we've gotten to you to a place where you, I think, are able now to articulate like the type of business you want and like comfortable expressing that business. But how did you get to that place of like, because it can be hard to not 
compare yourself or try and model your business after others in your industry? Yeah. I mean, I think some of it's trial and error. I think I had a pretty good vision for what I wanted to create from a fairly young age. Like I laughed because my dad said to me one time, he's like, well, whoever would have known that you were going to, you know, stick with the horses. And I was like, I knew, <laughs> like, and I, I told you that <laughs> so many times. And he was always like, yeah, yeah, we'll see, you know. Um, <laughs> Interesting. So I thought that was funny. But um, I think, too, like, we've talked a little bit about this, how, you know, after being in business for a little bit, I was like, oh, you know what? I really, I love having the clients, but I like doing more in sales. And that really excites me to, you know, find nice horses and then spend some time, you know, having them in the barn and then find their perfect match, you know, or find the right rider for them. Um, so I've kind of evolved a little bit in that area, which allows me to still keep less horses in the barn, but to, you know, to um, generate, generate revenue that way. And that's such a good point too, because uh, so when I was younger and I used to play, you know, some people play like school or what, I don't know, but I always played talk show hosts. Like I just knew that I was going to have and uh, like somewhere in my life, in my career, talking would be involved. That was, I love that. <laughs> that was my thing. And I think we can get away from that sometimes where, but then it's like so simple as remembering what we love to do when we were younger and like what, what lit us up about it. And for you, I think like the training piece, yes, but then you really are interested in like the sales and the business side of the sales process and the transactions and working with clients. But then it's also natural for you because you're so intuitive with the horses and then and their needs and their strengths that it it makes it easier for you to like place them with a rider. Like you can match those up really well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think for sure, the better, you know, the horse and you better that, you know, their strengths and weaknesses, then you can, you know, look at a rider and say, okay, well, you know, this rider has a weakness here. This horse is really strong in that area, you know, and here's everything that it takes to make sure that horse performs its best. So you can kind of give that all to, to the rider, to the trainer and really set them both up for success. Yeah. And you're so good at that. So as you have learned to market your business and like to, because part of what we have you do is demonstrate your strengths and the value, you know, of people working with you and the benefits of working with you. How has, have you let go of some of your perfectionist tendencies? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you've seen it on social a lot, you know, or on Instagram at least where like it used to be every post was like perfectly curated and it was, you know, from a professional photographer and, you know, I spent a super long time writing the caption and whatnot. Um, and I like that. I really lo- like, I like to write, I like coming up with that stuff, but I'm also slow at it. Like it takes me a long time because probably I'm, you know, being <laughs> a perfectionist, but, um, you know, one of the things that you had me start doing was like just hopping on stories or just making a quick video where like, I give myself one take and I just like have to say what I want to say. And then that's that, you know, um, which has been helpful for me. And I think has also helped me to better like articulate what I'm doing and my business because I'm talking about it more. Right. It's practice. Part of it is yeah. the practice and the habit of doing it. So I had Bethany, um, by the time this comes out, Bethany's episode will be live. So Bethany from my equestrian style on here, we were talking about the importance of only giving yourself one take, because yeah. if you allow yourself 
to retake and retake or edit and edit, then you will be there forever. And part of it is just, it's like you have to kind of clear the cobwebs, like get the wiggles out. And then the more you do that, the easier it becomes, the more natural it becomes and the more comfortable you get. Like with this podcast um, in the beginning and still now, I don't edit it because I knew that if I would begin editing, especially the solo episodes, that I would slowly just like whittle away the whole thing because I would overpick it. I think that's an important piece for people to keep in mind that it is scary for everyone. And even someone like Bethany, who that's her job, like she's an influencer, it is still scary for her or like hard for her sometimes like hear herself or see herself or you know put herself out there in the ways that she does and that's just how like there's not some pinnacle in business that we achieve where it's like oh everything is so nice and wonderful up here (laughs) you know and we have no more fears or insecurities it's just it's unfortunately for anyone listening who has not (laughs) yet experienced this it happens at every level of growth your brain is going to freak out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think like you said, just like consistency and practice, it's like that, like reels audio where it's like, it's practice. You know, how do you, you know, (laughs) right? it's practice. And it's, and then there's that other one where it's, um, talking about, Oh my gosh, for like five easy payments of just doing the damn work or something, (laughs) Yeah, whatever you want in life. And I think that's true too. And the reason why people don't pursue business or why they keep it things as a hobby is because you do have to show up and you have to push yourself outside of that comfort zone. Yeah, for sure. The more you do, the more, the more natural it becomes. And then the more you make those connections because people are attracted to humanness. So if your content is over curated or overly perfect, they're going to be like, is this, you know, who's this robot writing? Everything is so perfect. Like where's the Where's Anna, the human behind all of this? Right. Yeah. The realness for sure. Which I think if you like go back and look at at least my early social stuff, it was definitely missing. Um, Cause yeah. I'm so afraid of making a mistake, you know? Right. And do you find that your audience, like the way they engage with you, has that changed since you've kind of shifted the, the perspective a little bit? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think there's way more engagement, you know, just in general, like when you open up and are, are human or like just put something funny up there or, you know, like I share about the dogs or the birds that we have, or you know, stuff like that. That's just like random and not totally perfect or like, you know, not totally, totally related to the horses. Um, but I think it starts a conversation, you know, totally. And it just shows people, it gives them another connection point for interests, right? Like dogs are such a huge connection point for everyone. Um, I know with both like my business coach and then the podcast producer that I hired, like each of them, I was sold and ended up buying something from them because of a personal thing they shared, like on their, on Instagram, you know, one was talking about a show she liked. And I was like, yes, I love that show. And then the other one was talking about like working out and taking, making time for herself in the middle of the day, even though she has kids at home and she works from home and that can be hard to do. And I resonated with both of those things and, Obviously, they both share a lot of like educational tips as well. Um, but those were the the things that sold me was their personal speaking to those personal experiences. Yeah, for sure. Because I think there's like there's a bunch of other horse trainers in the area. There's a bunch of other, you know, everyone. There's a bunch of other marketing coaches. But, you know, it's like 
you resonate with what I'm finding is that you resonate, you know, or people resonate with one person because of the human connection, not just because of the business connection. I mean, that needs to be on point too, but yeah, the business connection has to be there, but I almost that think that is second because there are so many people that have the, the marketing expertise or the, like you said, the horse training expertise. And so it's then, okay, so you can check that box, but now it's like, who do I connect with? Like, who do I enjoy being around. I mean, I mean, we meet once a month for at least an hour. And so it's like, you really want to feel comfortable during that time. And what we're doing is pretty vulnerable work sometimes. And so if you don't feel comfortable with me, it's going to be hard for us to get to a place where you are willing to trust me and do some of the more uncomfortable things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why I just realized there was a horse right there in that stall. I just saw the little head pop out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm in the barn because um, my, I'm living in a camper and the Wi-Fi leaves a lot to be desired there. So we have great Wi-Fi in the barn. <laughs> How ready are you to be back in your, your own place? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for, for just regular running water and <laughs> Wi-Fi and <laughs> uh, you know, the little things. So, through our time together, I mean, it's hard to believe that we've almost been together for two years, but what has surprised you about working with a marketing coach and what also, what encouraged you to, I think we had a mutual connection, right? So did someone, did Katie refer you? Yeah. Yeah. Katie did. Katie was working with you when we, we lived together. We were roommates down in Florida. And so I would hear her talking to you all the time and she's like, oh, you should really work with Miranda. And at that point I hadn't really like started, started my business. I was still kind of just like doing some freelance stuff and dreaming about my business. And I was like, Oh, I'm not ready yet. And Katie's like, no, like you should meet with her now, you know? And I was like, Oh, I, you know, I just wasn't quite there yet. So I think I finally like later on that summer contacted you. Um, I think it's just for me, just again, you always push me out of my comfort zone just enough. Like, okay. Like, you know, first step was like, just launching the website and getting on social media. Right. And then it was, you know, being more consistent about talking about the business and putting myself out there and, you know, then having the email, you know, monthly newsletter and stuff like that. So every, every time I'm like, Oh, like I'm, I'm doing good. Like I've done everything. You're like, Nope, now we have to add this part. Like now you're, that's too easy. So you have to do that. But I think having the accountability and then, you know, just when to like to push has been really helpful because that's not my wheelhouse, you know? Um, and I think something else that is not, that has been more unnatural for you is like pushing, but also slowing down because you're a competitor. So you're driven. So I think it's natural. It's a natural instinct for you to drive for your goals and to like push towards those things. But I, I have found that we have, it's been more challenging for you when I've been like, it's okay to take this time off. It's okay to not, you know, go all in on this right now, like give yourself time to rest, give yourself time to recoup. Have you found that you've gotten better about any of that as much or celebrating the little things? Yeah, I think so. I think for sure. Um, yes. The rest aspect, like just giving myself permission, I think because, because you give me permission, <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, Miranda said it's okay. So then it must be okay. But yeah, the reminder to like celebrate the little victories. I think so often I'm um, like so long-term focused, like five-year plan or where I want to go that I don't celebrate the little steps that get me there. And every little step is getting me closer to, you know, my five-year goal or whatever the heck, like not, the, you know. Um, and you had, yeah. 
Sorry, I cut you off right there. No, no. I just think that you've like, that's really important. I'd say that to my clients, like, here's what we went into the ring to, you know, wanting to accomplish today. And we accomplished that. Okay. Did we make a mistake somewhere else? Yeah. But we accomplished what we set out to accomplish, you know? So I think I'm really good at helping other people celebrate the little wins, but that's super important to, for me personally as well. It's always easier said than done. And it's so like, it's so easy for, especially me too. Like I coach people on celebrating the little wins and then I have to be reminded by my friends or my fiance, you know, to also slow down or my coach, um, to slow down and to celebrate those wins because it's just not a habit we've had to celebrate the little things. And it doesn't have to be, you know, anything extravagant, even sometimes it's just taking a moment and like letting the moment sink in and enjoying like, wow, look how far I've come. Like I had a client today who has achieved some really great things in our couple of years of working together. And she, she said it took until she attended like a small, um, local, like small business workshop thing. And it took until that moment for her to really, truly reflect on all of the accomplishments that she's had and just a couple years of business. And I feel like we do that a lot. We sell ourselves short on our accomplishments and that is it's not okay to not celebrate ourselves. Yeah, no, it's so true. Yeah. That's how you get burnt out too, is when you don't acknowledge, you know, your victories or the, you know, little wins in the day to day or month to month or stuff like that. And it's, it's important to stop and celebrate and acknowledge those things because they are getting you closer. Like each one of those milestones or each one of those celebrations is getting you closer to your big goals. Like you said, like, that's how, that is how we achieve the big dreams. It's through all of these small action items. So if you're not pausing to celebrate, it's almost like, what's the point, you know, what are we doing? And we're <laughs> like, crushing goals and moving on to the next one without pausing to reflect and acknowledge like all it took to get to that moment. Um, and sometimes I think people undermine the, the momentum behind an action. Like I had a client once say it was, she's like, and it was like magic, all of these clients, they, or it wasn't all these, it was a couple clients, you know, they just showed up and I was like, that was not magic. That was the, you know, the months of marketing momentum because you consistently stuck to your action plan that this is the result of you sticking to the plan. It's not just something that happened out of the blue. Um, and so do you ever find that, like, do you, because you have developed now at this point, quite a bit of momentum where you're like consistently marketing, you're consistently putting yourself out there. You are networking a lot more this year in Florida, but does it ever feel like, I don't know, like your clients come out of the blue? Yeah, for sure. I think we talked about that too. I had like a week where like I had a new client move in. I sold a horse. I had like multiple horse trials and people coming through the barn. Um, and I think I said to you, I was like, it just feels like it, like just kind of all came together or like it's all happening. And you're like, well, no, like you've been working towards this. Like this is, you know, this is what you've been building and doing for a long time. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think, I think sometimes when you're just like, kind of have your, you know, feet on the ground and are just in it every day. It, you know, you don't 
pick your head up and you're, you don't know, like kind of see the forest through the trees, right? Like, yes, a hundred percent. And it's, it can feel like things are all, I mean, in, in some ways they all did come together in that week for you. Like, but it was all of the, the months and the years of the work and the momentum before that, that helped get you to that place where everything came together and that you were ready to like to grow to that place because sometimes we want the growth, but we're not necessarily ready for it yet. Like maybe our businesses can't support it yet or mentally we're not ready for it. So I feel like that was just everything coming into alignment in your, like the timing of it all. It was just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels great, right? It feels awesome to have kind of all that come together, but like you said, it's not just like all coming together like that. It's the result of a lot of hard work and a lot of building before that. So as you now, I mean, because you're almost a couple years into the business, like looking back on brand new business owner, Anna, what, what advice would you give that woman? I think just like you have to start somewhere. So go for it and don't overanalyze everything. You know, I, I think I, sorry, that was one of the verses. <laughs> you know, I think I, I like dip my toe in the water for a little while, you know, um, in between my old job and starting my business, just like, Oh, should I start my own business? Should I not? Do I want to do this or do I not? And finally I just like decided to take the plunge and I, I'm really glad I did. And maybe hindsight being 2020, I wish I would have done it even a little bit sooner. Yes. I feel like I wish I would have, I mean, I don't know if I wish I would have started sooner, but I wish I would have been nicer to myself in the beginning and not put so much, like you said, not, not overanalyze so much, but just also not put so much pressure on myself to have it all figured out or have it all be perfect right away. Um, And to really take into account, like that the people I was looking up to in business had been doing it so much longer. Like sometimes I feel like it's just so unfair to ourselves to expect to be where the person who's been in business for 10 or 15 or 20 years is, you know, like my friend and I call it doing like, you have to do your business pushups. Like you have to, you have to put in the time and you have to do the work and kind of like the grunt work that you don't always do, but everyone has to go through that. That's how you learn. And that's how you get to the next phase. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's super true. Awesome. This has been, this has been a good conversation. And I really like the fact that we were able to like go back in time to the beginning phases and really speak to like those early phases of entrepreneurship. Um, So moving forward, I know you're coming back to Illinois now. How can people work with you? What services do you offer? And then how can they connect with you? Yeah. So we offer um, full service boarding and training for hunter jumper riders and horses um, out of, we run our business out of a barn in Maple Park um, called Equestrian Events. So it's like right on the corner of 64 and 47, which is really easy to get to. And you can find me on social. I'm at Glenwood Farm, G-L-E-N-W-O-O-D Farm. Our website is glenwoodfarm.us. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, Anna. Thank you for having me. It was super fun. Hey friends, thanks so much for listening to another episode. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave a review so more business owners like you can find us and learn how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. Talk to you next week.